for that. Um, I just wanted to bring that in. Turn with me to the book of of First Kings, if you would. First Kings, and um, let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. First Kings, the nineteenth chapter. We're going to use some of the same text today, but we're going to be preaching on something different today than we have been from this text. We're going to be preaching on faithful Elisha. And, and I want to tell you, folks, if you want to pattern your life as a child of God, if you want to stand Elijah and Elisha up, and then you want to say, I'm going to stand here with them as, as to them, then you, you could find no better, you could find no better two prophets to follow than Elijah and Elisha. And we're going to talk about that, uh, today. All right, um, in, in 1 Kings, the 19th chapter, we're going to begin reading in the 16th verse. And the 19th chapter says, and we use this same text for the ending of the message with uh, uh, on Elijah, but we're going to use it also with the beginning uh, of Elisha. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king. Now this is God speaking to uh, uh, Elijah over Israel and Elisha the son of Shephath of, of Abel Menhola uh, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room or in thy stead that word is that word room is in thy stead now you sure I'm sure Elijah knew right then he was goner God wasn't pleased with him I'm going to tell you folks some of you don't realize you know uh, we got a lot of preachers out there today. God's not pleased with them, and and uh, and 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 God um, uh, is is going to replace them if if He's with them, if He's there, if they're His children. And this shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of, of, of Shephoth, and who was plowing. Now look, I want you to get this because I'm going to be preaching on this this afternoon. Who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the twelfth, and, and Elijah passed by and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said, and I'll have some comments on that this afternoon, and he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and bore their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and, and gave unto the people they did eat. Now, why would, why would someone do something like that? God has called Elisha now. Elisha knows God has called him. And, and why, why would he get rid of his oxen? That was his living. Now, think about that for just a moment. That was his living. His oxen was his living. But what did he do? He killed them, he boiled them, and he gave them to, to eat to, to his neighbors. 
Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Now, Elisha called him, through God called him. Now he's going to minister to Elijah. So that's interesting. You'll find that out. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for those who have come out today. Lord, we're just so thankful they're in the house of the Lord. And Lord, we pray for this meeting that's coming up. Lord, I've prayed for it so many times over the last uh, month or so. And Lord, I, I pray that you'll see fit to bless us in it. Bless Brother Samaru as he comes to preach. He's a good man and good preacher. And and he'll, he'll be someone who you can look up to as being a man that's going to teach the truth of the Word of God. Now, man, go, Lord, go with us and take care of us, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Brother Greg, before I get started, uh, I want to thank you for the little playpen and thing. It's right back there. It's back there in the fellowship hall. Be sure you pick it up and, and take it with you. I just want to thank you. Uh, I was going to do that uh, with here, but you weren't here, so I didn't get to. But I do want to thank you for that. Thank you for letting us use it. All right, faithful Elisha. Uh, let me begin this sermon. Uh, let me say, let me begin this series of messages with an excerpt from a poem written by C.F. Alexander. Now, this is interesting. This is a poem that I found. I, I don't normally read too many poems or anything in the pulpit, you know. A lot of preachers are accused of, of reading two poems, two or three poems in a prayer, and they leave. But that's, uh, uh, matter of fact, I had a preacher, I went to a funeral here not too long ago, and the preacher did that very same thing. He read about five or six poems, and, 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 and he, he was, he was done. He read five or six poems, and he was done. And, uh, that was, that was his message at, at the funeral. But anyway, let me read this. Uh, C.F. Alexander, he says, Jesus calls us from the worship of the vain world's golden store from each idol that would keep saying, Christian, love me more. You know, that's uh, that's the key to being a child of God is love the Lord more. You might say, well, I want to love my family more. No, love the Lord more. Love the Lord more than you do your family. See, that's the key to it. Love the Lord more than you do your family. And, and if you love the Lord more than you do your family, then you're going to come and serve the Lord, and you're going to do just exactly like the poet says here, is that you're going to, you're going to love the Lord more than you love other things and other things in the world. You're going to love the Lord more than you love them. I tell you, sometimes I, I, I question that. I really do. Sometimes I question that. With uh, Do we love other things more than we love the Lord? And so so the key to it here is you're going to find Elisha. Uh, we're, we'll talk about it more this afternoon. Uh, but I want to say it now. Elisha wanted to go back and kiss his mom and dad goodbye. Why? Because he knew that he was going to go and follow the Lord. He may not see him again. He may not see him again. It's exactly what happened to me. You know, And but I did see him again because I went back to Kentucky a few times. But I kissed my mom and dad bye when I came to Georgia. 
not knowing if I would ever get to come back and see them again. And uh, but uh, that's what you got to do when you when you're going to serve when you're going to serve the Lord. Sometimes you got to let those other things go and real and don't uh, you you don't despise them, but but you let them know that I'm going to go serve the Lord, and uh, and I'm going to do what the Lord would have us do. Rhonda Rhonda was criticized because she followed me in the ministry. She was criticized by other people up there in Kentucky because she followed me in the ministry. But the thing about it is, is she knew what she was going to do. She knew what the Lord had called me to do, and she knew what the Lord had called her to do. And, folks, 53 years later, she still followed me. Well, actually, 52 years later, she still followed me. Still follow me, and I'm thankful for that. I'm telling I'm thankful for that, you know. And uh, she didn't get to see. By the way, I had a cousin, first cousin, that passed away uh, this past Friday. And uh, and um, so uh, we've had cousins to die. We've had family to pa- that passed away. Rhonda just lost an aunt not too long ago. But uh, we know what the Lord would have us do. You know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna run every time we hear the death of our family members and such, because, uh, we know what the Lord would have us do. You might say, well, that's cruel. It's not. It's not either, because you're gonna find when we get down to that point there, where Elisha wanted to kiss his mom and daddy, uh, goodbye, then you're gonna find, you're gonna find some comments there that's gonna be interesting. Now, how many times do I hear that young people have to do have to do many things which will not give them the time to do for the Lord while they're young. Now we're going to get into something here that none of you have ever read or ever seen in the Bible. I'm sure, but um, you know we've got a lot of time young people. Oh, they come down the church aisle. They supposedly trust the Lord as their Savior. But then the parents start taking control of what they do, where they go, when they come to church, why they come to church, and how they do. That's not the way it's done. That's not the way it's done, folks. Here, here, Elisha is a key example of what should be done when you're going to follow the Lord. You should follow, when you're going to follow the Lord, follow the Lord. Don't follow these other things out here. Follow the Lord. And I'm thankful to see that uh, you folks are in church today. I'm thankful to say that. I'm, I'm thankful that you're here in the Lord's house today. You know, you, you're to follow the Lord. Now, uh, when where where in all the Bible do we hear of anyone called of God to do special services at an old age? Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. I'm going to be bringing out something here just just in a moment. Because I'm going to be bringing out just how old Elisha was when, 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 when Elijah threw that mantle over top of him while he was out in the field plowing. And, and, uh, and so, uh, you don't find too many people that are called in old age. You just don't do it. You can go in any congregation. I don't care where it is. You can go in congr- any congregation and say, how many of you were saved as a child, you'll have hands up. You go in a congregation, you'll say, 
How many of you were saved as a teenager? Hands will go up. You'll say, how many, how many was saved as a, uh, as a middle age? One or two hands will go up. You'll say, how many of you were saved as an old person? Very few. You won't find any hands that'll go up. Now think about that for what I'm trying to tell you today. You know, if you haven't accomplished by the time you reach old age, you're not going any further. That's just going to be it. You're not going any further. Yeah, and, uh, and so you have to understand that. And we're going to read something to you here in just a minute. I'm going to show you this. <clears throat> it is the young the Lord depends upon. I, 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 I want to read a verse that most of you have never read. Numbers, the eighth chapter. Turn with me over there to Numbers, the eighth chapter, if you would. Numbers, the eighth chapter. I want everybody to turn there now. All you young people turn here too. Because I tell you, a lot of, a lot of young people need a direction in their life. And it, it doesn't involve going to college and going here and there. It involves serving the Lord. Numbers 8 and verse 23. He says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This is it that belongeth Unto the Levites, from twenty and five years old and upward, they shall go in to wait upon the services of the tabernacle of the congregation. And from the age of fifty years, Brother Sam, let's read, look at this. From the age of fifty years, from the age of fifty years, let me, let me read this. I'm not, yeah, from the age of fifty years, they shall cease waiting up on the service thereof, and shall serve no more. What's that saying? Brother Sam knows what that's saying. That's saying the young people are supposed to step in and take over for these old people. That's what it's saying, but no, we don't direct our young people to do that. We don't teach our young people to do that. We don't teach our young people to step in there and take over for these people. Whether Reggie and Jim, Jim's not here today, but whether Reggie and Jim wants to know it or not, they're getting old. I read you said, no, I'm not. You are. They're getting old. Reggie, were you 51? Yeah, yeah you admit it. Winston, he's over 50. Some of these, I tell you, some of you are hitting on 50. But then you got some of these young people here, back there in the back, some of these young people here that need to consider stepping in and taking over for some of these old. That doesn't mean that the old people have to just quit serving the Lord. That just means that somebody ought to step in and, and, and do service to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He uses the tabernacle here as an example, or the temple, the tabernacle here as an example. But we use a church today as an example. Set in. He says, and from the age of 50 years, they shall cease waiting upon the service thereof, that is the service of the tabernacle, and shall serve no more, but shall minister with their brethren in the tabernacle of the congregation to keep the charge, and shall do no service. What do you do, Brother Sam? What do you do, Brother Paul? 
What do you do, Brother Reggie? You start grooming people to take your place. All parents say, no, no, they're not going to do that. No, my child's not going to do that. That's not your place. If you've got a saved child, it's not your place to tell them what they can't do and what they can do in the church. I had a 21-year-old boy one time who trusted the Lord as his Savior, came down the aisle, and I told him, I said, we'll baptize you next week. So he went home and told his mama. His mama said, you don't need baptizing. said, you're too young, 21 years old. He came back and told me, he said, my mama said I can't be baptized. Uh-uh. When you, when you try to halt your children from doing what they should do in the house, you're wrong. You're doing wrong. If your children have a desire to want to do something in the house of the Lord, let them do it. You'll say, well, they'll just mess up. That don't make no difference. You don't know how many times I messed up at 22 years old either as a pastor. There were times when I leave out of Calvary Baptist down there, well, first of all, in Illinois, but when I went to Calvary Baptist, there were times when I left there that I thought, well, they're not going to ever let me come back. I, I just done some dumb things. But who took me aside? Two elderly ladies took me aside and they told me, they said, they told me the right way to do things. And I listened to them. I listened to them. And the Lord has has I believe has been has made me successful in the ministry because I listened to those dear two dear sisters that took me aside. I mean, who who would ever think about taking a pastor aside and trying to teach him anything? You know, we we pastors aren't know it alls. You may think we are, but we're not. We're not know it alls. We don't know it all. I'm not saying that this is proof that a man should retire at 50. Preacher should retire at 50. That's not what he said. He didn't say retire. He said you step aside and you assist the others as they take over for you. You assist the others. So he didn't say anything about retiring uh, in at 50 years old. But I'm saying that God doesn't call many for special services after the age of 50. God calls to special service young men such as Elisha. Now, how many of you know how old Elisha was? Anybody know how old Elisha was this time? In, in their aging, probably Elisha was just a child. Some, some believe he may have been 20 years old. But in those days, that was a child. Cause some of them, some of them in those days lived to be over, over hundreds. But Elisha was a, why do you think he wanted to go back and kiss his mom and daddy? Cause he was a child. Who else can you remember in the scriptures that was given up to service the Lord? Wasn't Samuel? Samuel, Samuel, Samuel's mother told the Lord, said, if you'll just give me a man-child, I will dedicate him 
to the service of the Lord in the temple. And God gave her a man child at eight days old. She carried that child, old Simeon, the, the temple priest. She carried old Simeon and she handed him to old Simeon and said, you take him, he belongs to you. And Samuel served in that temple the rest of his life. What's the matter with us today, folks? Where are we today? Where are we? So he was somewhere in his early 20s. In that day, that was very young. We learn that Elisha accepted the call without murmuring. Now, oh, I won't do that. I don't want to do that. Mama, I don't want to do that. Brother, brother Paul's asked me to do this. Mama, I don't want to do that. Well, Mama, you don't have to do it if you don't want to, honey. He accepted the call without murmuring. Elijah anointed, Elijah anointed Elisha as prophet in his own stead or his own room. This statement room was used for calling. Elisha, what did Elisha mean? God is salvation. God is salvation. This was a befitting name for the prophet for he was taken over for Elijah in a national crisis. What was that national crisis? Elijah thought they had a national crisis. Old Elijah. I don't know how old Elijah was, but old Elijah thought they had a national crisis. What did he, what did he tell the Lord? He said, I, I even, I only am left. Now I use some of this in, in the closing of Elijah's message on Elijah. But I'm also going to use some of it in the opening of Elisha's. Elijah said, I even I only am left. And the Lord, I can see the Lord now. You don't know what you're talking about. You think you're the only one left? Well, I'm going to show you something. He said, I have left me 7,000. I have left me 7,000. He said, I've got 7,000 potential prophets that's going to be called. He said, no, Elijah, you're not the only one. When we preachers get to where we think we're something and we swell up and our head swells up, then we're ready for a fall. And you the same way. You ready for a fall. I called Brother Gary yesterday. And I said, uh, Brother Gary, I said, I don't want you to come to church with your head swelling. He said, don't tell me, don't tell me. He said, I hadn't even seen the game yet. I said, well, you all know what I'm talking about then if I tell you not to come to church with your head swollen up. A lot of preachers get big heads. And they think nobody else can take their place. Let me tell you, folks. I don't know who it's going to be, but God's got the person ready. He may be getting him ready right here, the person right here that's going to take this pastor's place. Maybe somebody right here. 
You don't know who's going to throw the mantle over your head one day when you're out there working. That's exactly what happened to Elisha. He was out there plowing in the field with a team of oxen. And, and, and Elijah knew, Elijah said, this is, this is the kid right here. This is the one. He went up there and he threw his mantle over top of him. Elisha didn't know that was coming. He had no idea that was coming. God, Jehovah God said, well, first of all, Jehovah God didn't like Elijah's negativity. He didn't like it. He said, Elijah, you've done, and I'm just paraphrasing, Elijah, you did this one time. Now you're doing it two times. That's it. That's it. Now, now he's showing his negativity two times. Elisha was one of them. He was one of those 7,000 that the Lord had in mind. The viewing of Elisha's life teaches us that he was much stronger than Elijah. Faith was very strong. Elijah's faith was very strong in Mount, at Mount Carmel, but his faith was very weak under the juniper tree when he was to face the wicked Jezebel, that woman. He got face to face with Ahab, her husband, the king of Israel. But when that, when that woman sent that message out to him, his faith just dwindled away. She's done killed. She's done killed 40, over 4,000 of God's prophets. She'd already killed over 4,000 of them, and he realized then, I'm going to be the next one. She told him what? She said, you're going to be the next one. At this time tomorrow, what did he do? He took off running. He took off running, sat down under that juniper tree, wanting to die. Lord, just won't you just let me die? Don't let me die. Don't let that woman kill me. Just let me die. Let me die, Lord. Don't let that woman kill me. That would be that'd be terrible for that woman to kill me, like she did my other brothers in the ministry. So just let me die. The viewing of Elisha's life, well, I, I've already said that. He sat down, Elijah sat down under the juniper tree when he was to face the wicked Jezebel who had declared that she would kill him. Let us learn that if we, let us learn that if we believe God is salvation, then we will most surely stay steadfast in the Lord's work. Say that one more time. If we believe that God is salvation, as Elisha did. That's what his name meant. That's what his name meant. God is salvation. Then we will surely stay steadfast in the Lord's work. Why do you think that some men and women's salvation is in doubt? That's the reason. The great apostle Paul doubled 
I'm sorry, doubted the salvation of those at Galatia when they went back out into the world. You might say we should never doubt anybody's salvation. Paul doubted every one of those people at Galatia. He told me, he said, I've taught you, I've taught you, now you've gone back out into the world. You've gone back to the beggarly elements of the law. You've gone back to serving the days. You've gone back to serving the times, the hours. You've gone back to doing all that. And what's people do today? They've taught against it and they go right back to it. They forget, they forget what happened during that time. How can my wife ever forget that she about lost that daughter right there sitting beside her? Because of these quote unquote holy days. How can she ever forget that? I'll never forget it. I will never forget it. I'll never forget being called the sheriff stopping me in, in Harrison County, Kentucky. The Harrison County Sheriff pulled me over and told me, he said, you niece said you've got an emergency at home and I was fifty some miles away. And I learned when I got there that my daughter didn't have long to live. When you walk in a room and your little daughter, little daughter, is in an oxygen tent and she's lying there, her lips are blue, her fingertips are blue. And the old doctor came up and grabbed me around the neck. He said, we got to pray. Me and him got down on our knees right there beside the bed, and he, me and him prayed. About that time, Rhonda got up and went out. I didn't know it. But she went out to another room to pray that God would forgive her for doing some of the things she done for not following her husband in these special days. Let me tell you, instead of Elijah complaining and running and carrying on, he would have done like that old doctor did. He would have Step down on his knees and said, let's pray about it. We've got to pray about this. Shelly, he sat there and told me, he said, if you didn't get a breath within the next hour, he said, she's going to pass away. And me and him got down on our knees and prayed, and Rhonda went in there and prayed. All of a sudden, Shelly rose up out of that oxen pen and went, he grabbed me. He said, she's going to be all right. Let me tell you, folks. Some people have done enough with their kids and to their kids that they ought to be in the same shape. Really, they should be. Should be on their knees praying for these kids. They won't come to church. They won't do that. They won't, they won't do nothing for the Lord. 
need to be praying for them. Great Apostle Paul doubted the salvation of the Galatians. Did you catch what Elisha was doing when Jehovah God called him? And I'm going to get into this more this afternoon. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in the field. It was Elijah who found him. And passed by him and cast his mantle over him. Who knows how much agony Elijah was going through over the backsliding of Israel. Elijah told God, said, I can't, Lord, I can't stand to see, see them backsliding. Well, how can you run from them? That'd be just like me taking off and running from church because there's a lot of backsliders in the Lord's church. Listen, folks, when God truly calls a man to the ministry, he knows what he's doing when he truly calls a man to the ministry. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to close this morning. The problem that we have today is there are those in the ministry that have not been called. They just have not been called. That's the problem we have today. All right, let's all stand and let's be dismissed. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the day. Thank you for the blessings of it, Lord.